created live on Fireside. Let me just get my camera here. There we are. Right. There we are. Technology, what are you going to do? It's great we to finally see you. <laughs> great to see you, man. How are you doing? Always. Well, I'm doing great. As you can see, I got a bit of a haircut. I gave myself a nice little trim here on the side of the beard, a real good John Wick Keanu Reeves fusion style. Fabulous. But other <laughs> well, more than that, how you been, darling? I've been good. I've been good. You know, um, I, I've i been very spiritual lately, just kind of doing a, a, a natural prayer before I go to bed, which, you know, we can't always be perfect with. But when it's natural and it just comes to you before you mm. fall asleep, it's nice. It's mm. a really good feeling. So um, I find myself doing the, the whole... Um, you know, I am healthy, uh, you know, I can mm. run a mile. No. Mm. <laughs> Your declarations. Just, you know, I'm really happy well, you know what? That's very important, I think. Well, I'm going through the same thing myself, you know. Uh, ever since this year got started, a lot of things have happened for me physically, fiscally, excuse me, not physically, fiscally, mm. that has me really in a rut of, goodness gracious, I've been used to second best, now I'm starting to get quality. And this... Mm is part and parcel of one of them. So, you know, making those declarations and changing the mindset, I think is integral. It's my, uh, it's my thought process, I think for, for 2022. And I think it's going to be yours as well. And I mean, you and I have spoken about this on the phone a couple of times where, uh, sometimes we get for the good and the bad, hear me. Yeah. We feel like we get a little bit stuck in the rut because you're confused by the bad things that happen to us. And after that experience of bad, has come and gone and you start to experience a sense of levity and grace that starts to hit you. Mm -hmm. You think to yourself, but this is not supposed to happen to me. Yes, exactly. And then you have to rewire the circuitry and open other different neuro pathways in the brain to accept it and take life lessons from it, not to make it all scientific. Uh, you know, I see Sean Pennawatt is on the line. I'm just waiting for, uh, our guest Jules to uh, arrive to notify our audience. Yes, Danny, I need to stop doing um, I that. Was Chris, just, you know, I was speaking to somebody today, and they they're kind of a stressor in my life a little bit. And really, um, I noticed my life got very stressful when they came into it, you know, wholeheartedly. And <laughs> I was trying to explain to that person that our problems are really of our own making. You know, and it, oh, it takes yes. practice. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of practice because mm -hmm. when I said that to that person, they said, well, I've always had a stressful life. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't because I really practice at not having it. When I got sober, I got so many tools. And I have to say, I got a lot of tools from AA, you know, mm -hmm. and boy, they are good, good stuff. And very, very so, you know, you, you have to draw the line sometimes with people and say, no, this is of your own making. You have to realize that you don't have to live like this. You have to break this Absolutely. pattern. Very much. In fact, if there's one bit of advice, not advice, a, a quote that I just heard before I hopped on, believe it or not, you are where you are today because of the decisions you have made yesterday mm. has brought you to where you are for the good and the bad. And I think that ultimately condenses what you've just said somewhere you have to pull draw the line and say me first yeah ultimately there has to come a time where you have to say thank you as equally as there are, is a time where you should say no thank you and right. accept <laughs> the fact that change is equally as it is imperative it is necessary but it also can be fun because you're finding a new dimension of yourself, which you never thought possible. So it all depends on mindset. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Jules, hi, welcome. We can hear you. We uh, can hear you. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's How a are pleasure you guys? to have you. Thank We're you. We're doing good. We're doing good. 
For our audience, our guest this afternoon is a multi-hyphenate in today's world of communication, athletics, and literature. Some titles include a speaker, an author, even a third-place title holder in the North American Bodybuilding Champions held the previous year could be just some of the accolades under her belt. This dame has recently penned her memoir entitled Making of a Woman, from the inside out, which sees quite the rotation on Amazon, because as we know, Amazon's the perfect platform for new authors to release their titles, and boy, oh boy, does it fly up the shelves. Equal to that, she has made myriad appearances on multitudes of podcasts discussing a caravansary of socioeconomic issues. We are proud to welcome her to Doing It Sober Live, discussing namely alcoholism and liberation from abuse and otherwise. Now, that is a very diluted overview. But the one term I heard you say on a podcast with DM Freedom, and it was also in that uh, explanation in Amazon, you underwent or rather experienced what was called a family suicide. Just 20 seconds. What does that entail? That was an attempted suicide when my father was unfortunately in the throes of his disease of alcoholism and Uh that seemed like the best decision for him at the time Mm. i'm grateful that it was not successful on any level that gives me the chills wow it does me too you know i've contemplated suicide twice but a family suicide gee whiz i couldn't imagine being in that in that headspace as a, a parent and that being my last resort, that gives me chills to even think upon it at that at that level. So, mm. yeah, you've been through Daddy? a lot. Very much. I tell think so. It. Yeah. Tell us about it. You know, I've, first off, you know, now I'm grateful to be like at this stage of the journey because no long I'm no longer in the muck of it all, which means that I can look back. And, and and I can have gratitude, right? I'm no longer fighting that fight. And and so, you know, once I got sober and I mean, that wasn't pretty. <laughs> I always say, if you look good doing it, you are not doing it right. Um, <laughs> Needless to say. <laughs> but, you know, now it's like with all of those experiences, I truly can get a gist of what somebody else would be experiencing. Right. And with that kind of experience, opposed to just reading it in a book, I know what it feels like to be in those dark spaces or those uncertain spaces. I, I have that first firsthand experiences. Tell me or tell us rather, whereabouts did it come to be that you would have a dalliance with alcoholism? <sighs> You know, I was born and raised in the upper um, Midwest of the States. Mm-hmm. And up there, it's very prevalent. Alcohol and and now, unfortunately, a lot of drug abuse. It's very prevalent up there. So as a child growing up in the 70s, I mean, this is back when you could literally, I remember watching my uncles pop that beer can while we're driving. And they would drink, you know, as long as you didn't get too drunk and cause any havoc, there wasn't a problem. But... Right. That was, I think, disguised, that disguised the disease that ran rapid um, through many families, not just mine, but that's where it all began. And so for me to ever question if alcohol was an issue, I, I was oblivious. I was oblivious. Even the day I got sober, yeah. I was still oblivious yeah. because it, that's what we did. There's salt and pepper on the table. There's all Milwaukee on the table. There's, you know, mashed potatoes. It's a staple. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I had no, I, I didn't realize. think how comers it, it became uh, mm-hmm. throughout all the years. And sure, there are people who can do it in moderation. But for people like us, there is no skirting the line. It's just... One becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight, and so on and so on. Yeah. Danny, you're, you've got yeah. the talking well, stick. You know, there's a lot of great information about you online. And when I was uh, looking at your, you wrote a book, The Making of a Woman. It's very intriguing in so many ways. Um, and 
you just are a kind of a what I it really touched me watching the trailer of the book and it made it came across as you were speaking to yourself letting you know letting yourself know that it's going to be okay and you were finally able to like mm. stand in the light and and be the person who you're supposed to be and it just looked really powerful um i haven't read the book yet i have read some of uh chapters here and there but tell us about um you know how you started with your book and and what made you want to write that you might be able to relate when you when you tell parts of your story to people who have not <laughs> been affected by um alcoholism or toxic family upbringings their eyes become like saucers and say girl you got to write a book yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> I think that's where it started and it started many years ago um and then it just you know uh, things lined up you know the right people came in my path i was referred to different people you know it was totally a divine thing and um and then i met up with marlena and marlena had similar experiences so it was it was profound that she could put the words necessary to what i was explaining mm -hmm. so between the two of us we were able to you know make shift this draft of of what this whole story would be and and how do we present it mm -hmm. so and and we did so i think it was a 6 month window i mean it was wow. i mean it 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 was in line it was exactly what was supposed to be done that is cool yeah the zeitgeist had his, yeah. had his hand over that. Well, you know what? I think we are approaching a time. I said to Daniela when we were still just on acquaintance basis that the, the arc's doors has gone open. What do I mean by that? There's no reservation about telling our truths, mm. be it on alcoholism, be it on abuse, be it on trauma. The best part of it is excuse me, it's starting to become unfiltered. And whereas in the past, it has been a quote unquote shameful thing, and I'm going to be very careful of my wording here, to talk about subjects like that, which is in premise, dark, dreary, anything negative attached to that, it's almost become a source of enlightenment. And dare I say, you're one of the trailblazers in that department. Mm -hmm. To well, I do just take your mindset and say, this is what happened to me, but now I'm going to switch it over into a positive for myself, surely as a starter. But if there are people who identify with me, automatically they're going to come along. I certainly long, hope so. I certainly hope so. I will celebrate 15 years in March. Oh, congratulations. Oh. Next month. Wow. My goodness. Yes. That's a lot of years, you know. That's a lot of that's a mindset? lot of experience. <laughs> yes, it is. And how's your mindset approaching the big one five? Just like it was when I hit the one. Really? I'm in total and gratitude. I am just in awe, just like everybody else. It it Right. I, yeah. Nothing that I had ever dreamt. I didn't even know to wish right. for the things that are in my life well, today. So with all the trauma and you know, without telling because there's got to be so much that made you who you are um, yeah. with all the trauma and the things that have happened into your life. What have you had to do to get where you're at? Like, what have you done to become the person that you are today? I think the laser focus that I was born with is a, a big part of it. Um, and I don't know if this is a characteristic I've heard of, you know, we're um, type A personalities. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I didn't really get into identifying all of that. Um, but it was like I had this laser focus even before I got sober that I was going to make it. I mean, that's what I think that was the drive that just kept me going even after a, an attempted suicide, you know, even after those bottoms I bounced off of, you know, and, and I just have to think that was that's a gift. That was a gift that I was given. And so. That's the drive that keeps me going today, you know, and, and, and then of course, then it's just, um, it's sprinkled with all the other wonderful things that happen as I get sober. But, um, I think that was just, I think that was just part of who I was. Okay. 
Did you carry that motivation with you into your athletics career? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. They, they they call it the grind. They are not kidding, and it is a scary place to go. I just have to say that I've never, <laughs> I've never been so challenged um, until I, you know, get ready for a show. But, um, but yeah, that that laser focus, like to move all of the excess out of the way and and put your, you know, your eyes on the goal, and, and don't give up. That's what sober. Right. That's what it's like to get sober, right? Like. I'm laser focused. I'm going to get to that next month or my three month chip or six month chip or, you know, that one year anniversary. I mean, it's the same thing and I'll do anything to get there. So it's worked in my favor. Well, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a very positive mindset to, to have, you know, I've spoken to a couple of people because I do a gig apart from this, uh, sans Daniela, where people have different mindsets, different approaches, and quintessentially being outwardly positive is not so much as accentuated as is what it is implied, if you get what I'm trying to convey. But with you, it's more of a fact of, I want to get here. I was previously here. Here's what I have to do. But I'm sure for you as a person, it took a gracious amount of learning and to be able to make yourself willing to take in all that that fiber, would you agree? I would, absolutely. And a lot of it was unlearning. I had to unlearn before I could learn. Okay. You know, and, and and that was, I think that was some of the most difficult times because it was just my truth, whatever it may be. If you if you read even the first first page of the book, it's a list of things that people used to tell me I was. I had to unlearn that in order to allow space to even create who I am today. Right. Danny, you've got something to say? No, I'm just listening. I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, interesting things, like I mentioned before, you know, in your story. And one of them that kind of intrigued me because I, I lived a similar life before, um, you know, that you have an open marriage and an open lifestyle and your, you know, your confidence has enabled you to be able to, to have a relationship like that. It's, is that what it kind of seems like to me? Yeah, there's a lot of homework done in that. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, and, 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 you know, I think for me, let me back up a little bit. Semantics was a really big deal for me when I came into the rooms of recovery and heard the words like surrender and unmanageability. I was livid. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Unmanage no, no. Do you not surrender? Do you not know where I've been? I mean, I'm like this warrior child who has survived, right? This yeah. disease. And so semantics has been a really big deal for me. And so I really have become mindful of that. So right now, I think where we're at in, in, in the society of relationships is, you know, we're an open relationship. And it's just this, you know, like this, um, just a, a word that we throw across just very generically. And so my husband and I decided we are more open-minded. Oh, and with that being okay. said, it keeps me out of a box. Yeah. I don't do boxes. I struggle in boxes because I, you know, I have worked my way out of the boxes for years, right? So, and then to think about being open-minded also does not limit me to anything. Um, but again, I had to unlearn. I had to unlearn the things I'd been told. I had to find that neutral ground, getting sober. And then I had to learn who I was. And I think that is where the creation or this, this, amazing entity of, of my being and of my marriage, it actually was made because that is made through a lot of conversations, a lot of emotion, you know, like I had no idea that men ever felt jealousy, you know, I mean, I just never, we just don't see that. And so as my husband and I took this journey, it is, it's been bumpy. It's been glamorous. It's been even more bumpy. I mean, it's, it's a process just like getting sober, right? I'm learning who am I? And I've also come to realize that my body is not my being. Like 
I, yeah, of course, you know, we know of shame of body, you know, as a woman, I'm told how to have sex, what to, you know, what to wear. There's all of these, these have tos, these, again, these ding boxes that I have to fit into, right? Yeah. And so in this open-minded relationship, whatever day it may be is, is, is what I get to enjoy. And, and my body is made to enjoy. Of course, it moves my soul around this world and, and physically, but Ultimately, I have to believe with as much skin and feeling and all of the wonderful things about my body that that was just for fun. You know, I think it was made for pleasure. And if there's no threat and no expectation, yet also obligations, that becomes a very open, free, comfortable playing field of exploration. Yeah. And I that takes a lot. It takes a lot of work, I think, to get there because let's face it, you, you have to be vulnerable. You got to talk about the things that are super uncomfortable. And a lot of times things would come up that I didn't even know where they were coming from. So it, right. it's definitely been a journey. I'm sure. That makes a lot of and sense. Where did you... Thank you. Sorry. And whereabouts did your investigation and subsequent activity into an alternative lifestyle start? Boy, I think that started when I left my home. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, I was like kind of ingrained in the alternative like belief system. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> well, I started dancing on a pole when I was in my 20s. I mean, um, I think okay. with this sort of trauma, it automatically aligned me to the adult industry of life, right? So um, things that that happened, you know, as I was growing up, um, it, it was just the vein I was in. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately oh, okay. it's, it's, it's been all along. Um, but again, like learning and, and getting sober and learning myself, I then realized what is my belief system and what is somebody else's, you know, what are my likes opposed to somebody else's likes, those sorts of things. Ah, and trying to bridge the gap. Yeah. Well, I read the, the press kit that uh, Sean had sent me. Yes. Tell us about some of the pros to an alternative lifestyle. How could we put in a, in a positive mindset? I get to be authentic. I get to live in truth. I get to be in a judge-free environment. And I have the right to change my mind. Um, just because I do something one day does not mean that's going to happen again next Tuesday. Um, okay. And then also, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of fun in exploring. And then, you know, my husband and I reunite and, and the stories we have to tell. And it, it's it's like you're you're engaging other people with your best friend by your side. Hmm. It, there's just a lot of fun in it as well. I hear you. There's the little fortune cookie, if you can see on the screen, it says the reward for good work is more work. <laughs> and you know, yes. I, in my life, I, I see some of the pictures with the whips and everything. And, you know, it, it, in my life, I was a dominatrix at one point. They might believe it or not. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think. Um, and, uh, it was a very interesting lifestyle. And, you know, I, I had a boyfriend who, was in the adult industry and my life has also been around that quite a bit. So I can relate a little bit with you in those ways um, about being authentic and the pleasure and the really enjoying, you know, the parts I really enjoy around it. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of get that a little bit. Now, you and you know, I think go ahead. I was going to say, I, as you, as you described that, it's like, I got to be in a space with people's secrets. Do you know what an honor that is? I mean, sex is such a taboo anyway, anyway. And then if you have, you know, a little bit of, you know, more interest outside of just sex, I mean, to be able to, to be able to be in that space with submissive men primarily is, is it's a great honor. I, I hold space and, and I get it. I understand. I know what it feels like to be shamed. I, I know what it is. I know what it feels like. And so um, it was very rewarding to be able to be in that space with these guys. 
Right. My goodness. So do you think that's because of your past? You, you know, you were able to, you know, the, the shame and the, in the stuff that you endured as a child that was put you in the position to be able to do that, you know, with the submissive uh, relationship. I think being in the vein that we talked of earlier, yeah. I, I think it gave me a better understanding, um, better open-mindedness. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think because one happened, the other one happened. That's sometimes something that, that is uh, thrown out as a, you know, an expectation. Um, I think it had more to do right. with, I healed I healed a lot of that shame and I removed a lot of that. And, and I think by holding space and, and doing and engaging in these fantastic sessions um, also allowed that for them. And it's, it's a beautiful gift to be able to give. There's no judgment. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous, actually. If you look at how your life has played out from way back when up until now, and I ask this question from everybody, I know it sounds kind of generic, but it's interesting the kind of responses that we get. What are some of, apart from the open-mindedness and apart from the communication <clears throat> and emotional intimacy, what are some of the life lessons that you've learned going past alcoholism to ultimately obtaining a third place, writing a book, all of that? How, how is Jules today versus how Jules was yesterday? I'm here for a purpose. Today, I see the big picture. Um, I, I, I honestly see my source in the whole picture before, during, and after. Um, and I've also learned that, that I'm a human being. You know, we're having a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. We've, we've heard that before. And, mm. and I to totally can grasp that today. And so I think by able, by being able to see the big picture, it takes a lot of the selfishness away because I know I'm not all that. I'm just one of the many. Um, but I, I, I do have purpose, right? Like I have a specialty, if you think about it, from the experiences of my, of, of part one, we'll call it. Part right. two is pretty glamorous. So I think that to answer the question in a, in a short note would be that, I want to think that I have a better, better picture of, of the, of the real purpose and of the whole, the whole thing, the bigger picture all, all overall. Well, I mean, you've got a very diverse audience, you know, from every spectrum who come and talk to you. Yeah. Let's talk about your, your speaking career. I'm sure you, apart from the podcasts you've done, you've done live appearances. Have there been people who've come up to you and, spoken to you where they've identified and such and such and actually shared their cross with you. I think that's the best part. You know, when you, when, when I get ready to do something like that, of course, you know, working up to that point, my head is swirling with all these ideas and how perfect I want it to be. And then I say a two second prayer, right. Saying, all right, source, <laughs> just let me say what you need to be said to these people in this room. And then I pretty much just, Feel. I feel it out and I go with the flow of the conversation. And, you know, there are times where I'm up there like, like feeling like viscerally, like this is a complete failure, <laughs> but I keep moving, right? You just keep doing the action. And, and then, you know, afterwards people will line up and, you know, say, thank you. And I've had, I've had people whisper to me about being a cross-dresser. I've had, you know, people, you know, talking about being a mother. You know, it's just it, to be able to have people relate to pieces of my experiences, um, I think it also gives hope for them that they're not the only ones. Because I think that's the worst thing, right, is, is when we feel like we're alone. So right. I think that's my favorite yeah. part. I leave there, like, spiritually on a high. It's unbelievable. Well, you're, you're preaching to the converted, you know. That's why we started this show, to try and understand. And every time I have an experience like, like with this, I feel so saturated I can't sit down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very turbulent times that we live in. And, of course, as we all know, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> yeah. And it comes with opposition. How do you deal with something like that? 
if you were to get some sort of opposition in some form or another? Again, having a little bit of time under my belt, I appreciate the journey and all of its ups and downs. Because just like riding a bicycle, if I did not fall and cry and bleed on my kneecaps, I, it's part of the journey, right? And if you take the right. judgment out of it, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. Mm -hmm. It makes me accept the journey even more. So when I do come up against something, you know, it's that pause, like, okay, we got some blood on our knees. Okay, we can sit here for a second, but girl, get back up on that bicycle. I think that's kind of what it is. It, it, it's part of that process. But in so doing, you have to become your own internal motivator. I also have a lot of external motivators. <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. Very now, your body is probably, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a body that incredible. I mean, really, you have an incredible body. Those <laughs> pictures, you are, there's a reason why you won that title. How long <laughs> did it take you and how many years did it take you to become so fit and so muscular? First off, I have to say, you are my new best friend. <laughs> You're hot, that baby. is a fabulous compliment. <laughs> you know, when I, I got sober at the age 35. Now, if you can imagine, I'm a, a typical looking, you know, 35, 36, 37 year old woman. Um, and then at the age of 40, I just had this moment of like, this is it. Like I was that skinny fat girl. I was the girl who, you know, the diets and all of the fads. Right. And I learned that from my mom. And so when, you know, the big four O rolled over and I was just like, this can't be it. And actually the main reason I even started going to, uh, to the gym was to get rid of the cellulite on my thighs. I was mortified, mortified. And so that was 10 years ago. Now, um, actually on the 19th, um, I will turn 50. And so, no way. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I've been told I'm like a bottle of wine, you know, like with age, I just keep getting better. Yeah. You are on my leg. You're turning 50. I am. I will turn 50 on the 19th. <laughs> I need to get a better prescription of glasses. <laughs> so, you know, it's bloody well done. Thank you. Thank you. So it's a process, right? Again, recovery has taught me so much about discipline, about, you know, asking for help. I mean, it just really set the platform for a very successful future. So, mm -hmm. you know, I desperately wanted change, just like I did when I got sober. And so I went to, I went to a bodybuilding um, trainer, uh, a lady who was also, um, she was a competitor. And I just admired thinking, she doesn't have a stitch of cellulite on those thighs. <laughs> she has what I want. <laughs> and so I signed up. And just like I did that first year in recovery, I did exactly as she told me to do. I, I had that meal plan. I did not, did not get off that meal plan for well over a year. No cheat meals. I had a gallon of water religiously a day. I mean, I, that gift, gift of desperation as we hear, right? Yeah. And I did. I desperately wanted to change this. And okay. then, you know, year two, year three, I'm starting to realize like, oh my gosh, like now that I have the right guidance, kind of like before, now that I have the right guidance, I can really get some traction here. Right. So, you know, I think I did my first show at age uh, 45 and uh, <laughs> I took third. There were only three of us, but darn it, I was very proud of my third place trophy. At, at 45, um, that's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and then, and then I got, there, you know, I'm it's sorry. Hard, it's hard just to get up there when you just had this thought of yourself having all this cellulite and here you are, you're up and being, your body's being judged. That's incredible. <laughs> exactly. See, and if you think I used to get on a stage all the time, just not <laughs> so there is a lot of unlearning going on i'm, I'm not kidding <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah. it's a humbling process, I'm sure, as well. You know, thinking to yourself, okay, I used to dance at the at the Blue Lagoon for twenty bucks per per dance. I went through a period of ultimately feeling negative about myself, and now I'm going to take the next best step: lift weights, stand in front of the stage for all and sundry, looking as far better than what I can. That must really be a, a really uh, a notch under the belt and uh, a really uplifting moment in your spirit to think I've, I was here, I had this thought here, now I am here. Boy, where am I going to go next? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the process, right? You, you unlearn and then you like kind of hit the plat, you know, and then you relearn. And, and for me to relearn anything is to bring in love, whatever it may be. And I'm so, taking that. Yeah, because that's that's my bottom line. Am I in love or am I in fear? Mm. Those are it. Those that's that's what controls my decision, yeah. right? Or influences that I should say. I need to introduce you to my life coach. <laughs> you two would have a ball. No, really, Jules, you've really given me a lot of food for thought. You know, um, you're right. We don't look at ourselves in love enough. And I'm painting with a broad stroke. And I yeah. think apart from addiction, we get too entangled in the world, in the world and life in general, the rat race. Mm. And uh, we just don't give enough fiber to ourselves to say, I love you. And I, before you hopped on, I actually shared a quote with Danny. We are where we are today because of the decisions that we made yesterday yeah and that's pretty expressive in itself self-explanatory we can use it in our personal life we can even use it in business Mm -hmm. but it really is true that we have to often get out of our own way because ultimately we don't realize that there's an extra depth you know danny might have that extra depth that she didn't realize she didn't have chris has a depth that chris didn't realize he didn't have Jules didn't realize that she had a depth, but ultimately saying, I'm not going to adopt the thinking that I had before. If I had this type of thinking out the door, you go so I can invite love in third place writer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's more of a fact of I'm grateful. Now I'm starting to see the big picture of what you stand for. Yeah. Kudos to you, girl. Kudos to you. Thank you. So what is next on your agenda? You know, even though it's still in thralls of the pandemic, I'm sure that mind of yours must be cooking up something new. (laughs) You know, I do try to stay in the passenger seat of life. Like I, I, I suck as a pilot. And so I just let let God do the, you know, God's over there in the driver's seat and, and I just get to be this amazing co-pilot. So, um, you know, when I'm asked that question, I have to believe, because to be honest, it's, it's, Writing this book has given me a lot of things to unlearn, to realize. Um, it, it was that in itself was a roller coaster. I mean, you know, here you are, you're putting out this golden book and then well, wait, wait, you know, it's like you have these ups and downs and it's fabulous and it's not fabulous. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm tired. And just the whole thing. And I think I, I've actually been told that, you know, Jules, maybe you wrote the book for you. Not for everybody else. Maybe, you know. So I've had a lot of this finding where's where's my balance again, right? And so when I think about, you know, what's next, I have to believe that this is what's next. I'm doing it. I'm doing it, right? I, I think as a human, but also um, with the wiring I have as an alcoholic, I have this obsession of getting to the next place. <laughs> and so for me to just like let the dust settle a little bit. Let's let people read the book, Jules. <laughs> but you know what is actually starting to come to surface is you know the the making of a woman is all about what life was like before, how you know when I got sober and then a little glimpse of what it's like after I get sober. The next uh, uh, adventure, I I think, has something to do along the lines of what does it look like to live authentically today? And I think 
it's very easy for me to tell my story. I've told it a lot of times. I've, 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 I've told it a lot of times and gotten a lot of feedback, but it's a whole different ball game when you are vulnerable standing in front of somebody telling you, telling them what you did last night. Hmm. Those are the areas. Those are the secrets. I know that mess me up. Those are the ones I really have to focus on and, you know, be able to walk proudly through who, you know, the, the, the spaces that I'm in today. And I think that's also where a lot of shame lies. So I'm thinking along the lines of, you know, what better yet, what is your me? Like, what is, what's the day in the life of Jules? You know? Yeah. Now you've got me curious. (laughs) Yeah. As have I. I was about to ask, are you going to compete again? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, Chris, I just, I I took third in nationals. That means that first place is going to be open this year. (laughs) Why, why number three? Why not go for number one? That's what I'm saying. I was third. I took third place in nationals. And now this next season, that number one's going to be available. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Don't say that you can't uh, say that the sky's the limit when there's already been footprints on the moon. All right. Exactly. And I, I learn. I just give it 100%. You've got a lot of these great things that you've said, like, um, you know, God's in the driver's seat, that kind of stuff. Have you had uh, a lot of influence when you, you know, when you got sober to kind of help guide you through it? Or did you do it alone? How did you get through the, the beginning? I think I hybrid it. I think because I did so much of my life before sobriety on my own yeah. um, and trust was a really large factor growing up. Um, when I started getting sober and, you know, when I, when I went into the rooms of recovery, I didn't trust a soul. I didn't even trust my own decision-making. I, I trusted nothing. And so, um, I, I, I would go to the meetings, but I didn't really start working with somebody until I was like nine months sober. Um, and then she actually told me, uh, she didn't, she didn't believe in what I was doing. I was a professional femdom. And she told me if I continued my lifestyle, I was going to drink, which meant to die. So that was not even successful. My, my picker. (laughs) So, so a lot of my recovery has been through meditation and what I've also, and, and the people who come to my, into my life. So, and, and I do, I do attend meetings, you know, I do have my sober friends and for probably the first eight years, seven years, I, I was solid. I was solid within the rooms of recovery. And now that my life has changed shape, um, I now am able to, you know, when things resonate with me, and maybe this is something of being a child of trauma, but it's like I feel things by by the energy of things. So if I resonate with somebody, that I that is my indicator that I need to go and introduce myself or ask, you know, go out for coffee or something like that. And and that's along the lines of of the books that come across, you know, um, different people who cross my path. I mean, I've met some of the most amazing people who have then led me to the next step. I to the next that. step, to the next step. So it's now a mixture. And I've also done counseling. I mean, I've also, you know, gone to Hazelden, you know. So it's it's kind of what source brings to me. And if it resonates, I go for it. That's awesome. So Here's another idea for you. Why don't you? You, ha- you went from no Daddy, trust sorry. to having a lot of trust because you're the people are coming, you know, through your life and you're trusting them that, they're there for a reason or a lesson or Mm -hmm. a season or whatever they're, they're there or they pass by and you learn something and that's just trusting in everything, which is a a very difficult thing for us. That's hard to get to, you know, when you, when you get sober, but you know, after all the years, we, we tend to start trusting that this is the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, we take what we can from, the people that come in our lives and we give. And that's uh, one of the awesome things about staying sober is, is mm-hmm. you just, you change so much and uh, hopefully, <laughs> but I, I really, um, that really makes a lot of sense to me what you just said. It's very cool. And I think also like, I believe everybody has a contract with God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it's between me and source bottom line. Right. And 
who comes into my path and out of the path, it that's all divine. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. So it's not that I, like before when I would trust somebody or try, I mean, I was just pretty much imprisoning them. I was, you know, it was survival. I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> but, you know, today it's like, it's almost like this feeling like stepping back and being like, huh, well, this is going to be interesting. And there's times I get to the other side and go, what the hell just hit me? Like, what was that? <laughs> but, but I have this trust between my source and I, because I've seen the magic. I've seen the magic and I have to believe, I just have to, at this stage, after the, after, you know, everything that's in this book, surviving that, I've got to be in some pretty darn good hands. Right. And now yeah, I just sure. recognize that. Right. Yeah. Here's another idea for you. You're so well-spoken. You're so down to earth. You're such a great sport. Why don't you think about maybe in the long interim, starting a podcast of your own, sharing your thoughts like an audio diary for people to hear, seeing that you are so transparent. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. You know, I've been, asked, I've been asked, are you going to do a podcast? And I'm thinking, oh my God, that just sounds like a lot of work. Um, my, <laughs> my husband and I, we, um, we're, we're sailors. We love to be out on the ocean. And so I think in the stage, if I could kind of project, um, it's going to be something where that's where I'm bringing people in, whatever it may be. Maybe it will be, you know, just my thoughts. Maybe it will be, you know, spirituality as, as I'm cruising, you know, it, it could be any of those things, but that's a great idea. Your Thank unique you. Selling point. You can do a podcast on the water. There you go. There, I mean, yeah, nobody has that. <laughs> on the water. On the water. Yeah. Let the waves guide you. There, I've sold you a title. There I've sold you a title. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Jules, you're yeah. so much fun. I have to, t I have to give you this compliment. Uh, I, I've taken a lot of lessons. I, I'm sure Danny feels exactly the same. Congratulations on what you have accomplished in life. You know, uh, I'm sure you're not the kind of person to see the old at a girl, but uh, you can you can tap yourself on the shoulder for being so open and making this discovery of yourself and being so willing to turn your test into a testimony in so many words and allowing yourself to have this adventure and being open-minded. Look, I'm going to play open cards with you as well. I'm also in that process now where my thinking needs to change. I've also recently got a coach who's guiding me through that and hearing you talk about how you excited, how excited you were to correct myself about your journey and how you had to unlearn. I'm excited about where I'm going to unlearn a lot of things and I'd like to meet up with you in the long term and share those experiences. I would love that. I would Just ask not for the web, please. I hope easily. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes just identifying it is, is half the battle. Because, you know, I'm functioning, yeah, thinking, why is this not working? And then somebody else on the outside points it out, and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's it. I didn't always have that tool before sobriety, right? right? I just kept... I just kept plowing and plowing and plowing. So, yeah, I, I think if you're on that journey, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. I hope. That's cool. Humbling, Danny. Have you got anything else to add for this lovely lady? I just wanted to let you know that you're a bright light, and um, I would love to. I want you to write another book because I'm going to buy your first book because I want to hear more <laughs> about life today. Because you know, for me, what getting sober. Um, it's up and down, up and down. But right now, to me, you are very inspiring because I'm in a rut right now, you know. And when you get in a rut, it, it really messes with your confidence. And I'm looking at you, and you are very confident and very secure and um, healthy. And healthy, these are all things that I want in my life because I've actually had some health issues this year. But my goal is to start to work, you know, on myself physically so I can be healthier because it actually helps me 
my disease to, uh, you know, work out uh, here and there. And uh, you are so strong, you know, mentally and physically. So I, I'm going to keep, you know, watching you and, and looking at what you're doing. And I get a lot of inspiration. Uh, I got a lot of inspiration from you today. And thank you for coming on with us. Uh, sorry if it, if it ever was confusing because it's all new to us too. So yeah, very much. We're yeah. glad to but have you. We appreciate your humility and your resilience. And we would like to give a special thank you to your publicist and agent, Sean Pennewart. Yes. And for our audiences, again, please do visit Amazon and purchase The Making of a Woman from the Inside Out, which serves as a uh, her memoir. You've got to do an audiobook. Come on. Please yes, that's in the making. That's yes! in the making. <laughs> Well, you thought you just think those are easy to make. They are not easy. <laughs> hey, I'm a producer. I think I think logistically. Can't, you can't hold it against me. <laughs> but I get you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, and you know, on on my on my website, themakingofawoman.com, you spoke of the podcasts and other other things going on. That's definitely like the go to. Because, you know, there's events and, of course, all my social media uh, channels are there, links to them. And and so and also I blog in there. So maybe, Chris, I'm already starting on what you what you suggested. And give us for our audience. What is your website? The making of a woman dot com. I love that. 100%. Jules, you're a superstar. Thank you so much. <laughs> Guys, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jules. It's our pleasure. Danny, throw another shout out to our audiences for a T-shirt and all the like. Yeah, we keep, you know, we keep getting Woody on here every week. Woody, thank you so much for the loyalty. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you ever feel like it, you don't have to. Um, or email me at info at doingitsober.com. If you're watching the live stream right now on Facebook or YouTube, you can always request a link. Uh, it is firesidechat.com backslash Daniela Park. And it's not only us, there are amazing people on this platform to connect with. And the cool thing is, is you can really connect with these people and get personal with them. Um, there's 20 different uh, genres of uh, different things that people talk about. So I highly recommend uh, requesting access. And we are here every Tuesday at five o'clock. Thanks for uh, watching. Thank you so much, guys. We love you, and we'll see you in the next episode. Godspeed for now, and thank you again, Jules. Look after yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.